Come on, everybody, give God the praise offering that he deserves. Come on and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to his worthy and holy name. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Even now, Father, we thank you once again for an opportunity to say thank you. For there is none like you in all creation. We bless and honor your worthy and your holy name. Mm, Jesus. We would, Father, that you would be present now to heal, deliver, to make whole, and even, Lord God, to bring to our remembrance what you have said to us that we may be doers of your word and not simply hearers. Father, now prepare us for that which is to come through your word. Help us to recognize you, your word, your will. Mm. Dear God, I pray that you would give me now not only what to say, but how to say it, that I may be precise, efficient, and effective in delivering your necessary and needed word. Oh God, this I pray now in Christ's name. Thank God. Amen. Praise the Lord. While you are yet standing, if you will, won't you turn your Bibles to the book of St. John, chapter 20. We're going to be investigating and reading through verses 11 and 23. Amen. While you are turning through the pages, I want to welcome home today uh, Deacon and Deaconess uh, Timothy Anthony and Sister Tina Anthony, amen, who are yet members of our church living in North Carolina. How many know that this is a new age? Praise God. We thank God for our membership all over the U.S. and for those that are viewing in the various other countries, certainly uh, India and Africa and I believe the Philippines as well and so forth and so on. Praise God. We thank God for each of them. We still love them even though they're not here. Isn't that right? Amen. St. John chapter 20 verses 11 through 23. Hear the word of the Lord. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, because, because they have, have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, 
Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mm. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples, that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he shewed unto them, them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Mm. Then said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. And the word of the Lord is immensely blessed. There is power in God's word. You may have your seats. Ah, <clears throat> uh, I thank God for the reading of God's word and the ability to study his word. And then thirdly, I so appreciate God who gives me revelation of his word, in his word and through his word. For it is in the revelation of God's word that I can find myself interwoven in the fabric of what God is saying and what God is doing to accomplish his divine will. I can find myself here. There have been those times that God has been speaking to me and I didn't know if it was God or my own voice or, uh, forgive me, I, or perhaps it was the enemy talking to me. But through divine revelation, God calls me to know and understanding, no, my son, this, this is me. Take heed. I'm so happy that through the power of a retrospective look, I can look back into the past of Jesus and to the past of David and Abraham and all of these great men and even women of faith. And I can see myself and the mistakes that I have made or the mistakes that I'm about to make, I can look at what they did and say, no, 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 that's not what God would have me to do. That's not how I should do this. And because I recognize Christ in the work, I'm able to hear him, to perceive his 
his true will for my, li for my life and live my life accordingly. I don't know about you, but I'd rather benefit from the mistakes of others than to have to benefit from my own mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so today I want to talk about the importance of recognizing Jesus. Come on and say, I must recognize Jesus. Life is filled with scenarios and experiences that teach and prepare and even cultivate us in a way that we would be ready for what is to come. That's why it's important to pay attention to what's happening right now. Learn from your past so that you don't have to make those same mistakes in what God has empowered you back then to ensure that you don't mess up or do that again. But you've got to recognize that this is Christ speaking. You've got to recognize that God is talking to you for you and not just for those other folk. Mm -hmm. Remember when you point the finger, you've got <laughs> four that are not pointing out. That means this is really for you. And so while we are navigating and traversing through these situations and scenarios, these sometimes painful situations and sometimes even sickness in our bodies or how we perceive that someone is trying to hurt us because reality is every time we perceive that someone's trying to hurt us, truth is they're not really trying to hurt us and perhaps God designed that situation so that you would learn something out of it. I don't know how many times that I thought that I was right about something but discovered that I was absolutely and totally wrong. Perhaps you've never been wrong before. But while we're navigating and traversing through these unpleasant events, even the death of Jesus as Mary and the disciples were experiencing, while we're traversing through these events, God is using them to shape and mold our character, and watch this, and to build our confidence in him. God has a plan. Mm. And so while these unwanted and unsolicited events are occurring, do you have any bad experiences that you wish you wasn't going, that you wish you didn't have to go through? Are you going through something right now that you'd rather not? Ah, these occurrences. It is imperative that we recognize Jesus, that we recognize the Christ in this chaos, in this confusion, and I dare say in this craziness. Is there anyone that's dealt with any craziness at all this week? If it is so, say amen. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to talk about recognizing Jesus today, the importance of recognizing. I wonder if, if Jesus or, or, or let me put it this way, if, if an angel walked in the church right now, would you recognize him as a representative of God? And don't look at me like I'm talking in a strange way because the Bible says 
that we have entertained angels unaware. So you didn't recognize him as a representative of God. But they come to help you, to aid you, to assist you, ah, to help you. And so it becomes incredibly important that God, when God sends somebody, when God sends someone, it's important for you to acknowledge and recognize that he or she is a God sent. You ever heard that term before, God sent? Because if you don't, if you don't believe that they're God sent, you won't treat them like they're God sent. You won't respect them like they're God sent. And you could end up missing out on a blessing that God had designed for you. Recognizing Jesus. Come on and say recognizing Jesus. Your survival is dependent upon your ability to recognize Jesus. Now, when I say recognizing Jesus, I don't mean necessarily Jesus in the flesh, but I certainly mean Jesus in the spirit. I certainly mean the things that Jesus has for you, uh, God's, whether it's God's representative or whether it is a divine truth or revelation that God has for you, you've got to recognize Jesus in that. And, 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 you know, I'm a word person. Some of you all know that I love words. Uh, and I, I, I was thinking yesterday about the word recognize, recognize. And I really see two words in there, re, which means to do again or again, and cognize or cognate or cognitive. Y'all with me now. It's going to help you. See, see, I, I think in pictures, and I learn very well in pictures. I've told y'all before that if I see something done once, I can get it done at least halfway. I mean, um, if I see it done, I can replicate it. I can repeat it. I told you about the time that I performed the surgery on a person and the greatness. I, I heard that. I, I'm, wait till I turn my back if you're going. All right. The bad news was that I was the only one there to perform the surgery. But the good news was that he lived. For more than a day. He continued to live and he's still living today. If I see it, if I recognize it for what it is, I can replicate it. I can duplicate it. I, I, I just lost all the amens, but I'm going to continue. So when we recognize, it means you've been there before. You've seen that before. You can't recognize what you never saw. So to do again, uh, or cognitive, it means it is a matter of memory, it is a matter of the brain, the mind. It is a matter of perception, it is a matter of judgment and reasoning. Again, I recognize, I reason, I, I see, I remember, I get the connection. Let me say it this way, all of the medical students will appreciate it this. Uh, in biochemistry or immunology, the word recognize has a special meaning. It literally means to bind with or to come together, to cleave, or otherwise to react to another substance as a result of you fitting its molecular structure. And so here's the godness in this thing. When we recognize Jesus, we already are of his DNA. We are already of his spiritual molecular structure. Molecular 
uh, structure. And so once again, we come into unity. We come in as one, as a team, as we recognize. And when we recognize, we recognize all that he is, all that he's done. And by faith and understanding and believing his word, all that he's going to do. And so we're unified in the truth of God, unified in the truth of the will of God for our lives. And so now we're happy. We're whole because we know that everything is going to be all right. When you recognize Jesus. Problem is that Mary didn't recognize Jesus at first. Problem is that the disciples was huddled up in a room for fear of the Jews. Why? Because they didn't recognize Jesus. Look at somebody telling them it's going to make sense after a while. And so all of these things that we, that they, that you are going through and have gone through and will go through, you've got to remember to recognize that God is still in, on the throne, that God still resides with me. And that's why, again, yes, I'm going to go there again. That's why Acts chapter um, uh, 20, uh, what is it, 28, Acts 12 and 28, and we know. Romans, Romans 8, 28, and we know. What? What do we know? All things work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It's working for me. I don't like the way I feel, but it's working for me good. I, I don't want to go through this pain, but it's working for me good. I, I, I don't appreciate the hurt, but I, huh, I'm frustrated to my end's wit or my wit's end, but I know that it's going to work for my good I, because I recognize I can recognize the peace that is to come. I can recognize the glory of God. I can recognize that the power of God is yet working right now in my life. Look at somebody and say, you better recognize. Uh, let me deviate from the text just a little so that I can show the importance and need for you recognizing that God is right there with you through all of that craziness. He's right there with you. It'll save your life, and more importantly, it'll save your soul. I'm reminded of Acts chapter 27, even more specifically, where there was an occasion that Paul and those that were with him were being taken to Rome, and uh, a great storm came up, and it was a horrific, they even gave it uh, a special name. This was a terrible situation and you know you've gone through some terrible storms you know that you've gone through some troubling storms but it was the fact that Paul was able to recognize that Christ was in the midst that helped not only save his life but save those that were with them for the Bible says in verse 25 of Acts 27 it says wherefore sirs Paul said wherefore sirs be of good cheer what you talking about Paul don't you see all this calamity going on here but be of good cheer why Paul for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Because the Bible says that he recognized the angel when the angel came and said, Now look, Paul, you all going to go through a whole lot of stuff. In fact, the boat, the ship is going to be broken in pieces. But you're going to be able to come to the land on broken pieces. If God just give me a little peace, if God just give me a little bit of hope, I will swim to shore on that hope. I will ride to shore on that hope on broken pieces. But I'm coming to the shore. The shore represents, my God, that you made it. The shore represents success. 
I don't like the journey, but I thank God that there's a favorable end waiting for me. Somebody ought to give God praise. And so out of that situation, because Paul was able to recognize the angel, he was able to recognize God in the situation, he then was confident in knowing that God would do even as the angel had said he would do. You've got to take this as a fact. You've got to receive, you've got to walk and live in the solidity or the solidness of God's word. Being unmoved and unshaken. And out of this situation, Paul learned something that we all must learn. I wish you all had pen and paper or whatever it is. You have your smart devices. Please write these things down, these three things down. You must remember these things. You must recognize. Bring yourself back again to, to understand this divine truth, knowing that it is solid. And that is, out of this Paul learned from his experience, as many others did. Number one, that God is always. Did he say always? Come on and turn to somebody and say, God is always faithful to his word. Don't, don't, don't waver on that truth. But Ted, God is always faithful to his word. I don't want you to say God is faithful to his word. Because you need that... Uh, what is it? A adjective, verb, whatever. It, it brings strength to the word after it. Amen. God is always faithful to his word. And number two, you've got to remember this. Come on, get this. This is imperative that you get this. You've got to remember this. Number two, there is nothing. Somebody can help me finish that. You say, well, there's nothing too hard for God. I say, there is nothing impossible to God. Nothing impossible. I don't care how tough it looks. I don't care how rough it looks. I don't care how, how many didn't make it with that same situation. Baby, you about ready to be the first. God's going to start something new with you. Just because they died from it don't mean you have to die. Just because they quit after enduring, that doesn't mean that you have to quit after doing. You'll be the first. God is getting ready to do another new thing in your life. Somebody ought to take that and dance with it. Praise God. And watch this. Number three, get this in your spirit. Repeat it to yourself. Number three, if God said it, he will perform it. I don't know if there's a song that, that denotes that, but there ought to be. If God said it, he will perform it. Watch this. I don't know when he's going to do it. I don't even know how he's going to do it. But one thing I do know, he's God and he will not lie. I know that there's nothing impossible to him. I know that he will do it. No, I don't know when he's going to show up, but I know he's going to show up. I'm in this fire with the three Hebrew boys. My God, it's getting hot up in here. But you know what? I know it's going to be all right because God said, I will deliver you. God said, if you walk my faith and not my sight, I'll take care of you. I don't know when he's going to show up in the fire. My God. And then when you turn around, you find out that he didn't have to come in the fire because the fourth man was already in the fire. Before you get in the fire, he's already in the fire evangelist he's not coming in the fire you know why because he's already in the fire 
Glory to God. He's not coming into your trouble because he was there when trouble introduced itself. He's already there to take care of you. He's already there to heal you. He knew that you were going to be sick before you got sick. He knew that the death angel was going to knock on your door before it got out of the car. But God said, no, touch not mine anointed and do my prophet no harm. <sighs> this is going to bless you if you get this. Hallelujah. Let me deal with the story here in the text. Mary comes on that wonderful Sunday morning with a wrong expectation. That's why she missed Jesus, because she wasn't expecting to see Jesus. I don't care what you're doing, where you are, who you're with, you always ought to expect Jesus to be there. Why? Because where I am, he is. <laughs> I don't have to worry about you, because where I am, he is. You all remember what he said to Joshua the other day? Wherever the sole of your foot shall step, there, my God, I've given that to you. And not only is he there to give it to you, but he's there to keep it with you. God is a keeper. Hallelujah. And so early in the morning, Mary did not recognize Jesus at first because her grief blinded her. See, that's why you've got to be careful not to become so sad that you lose touch with reality. You can only let, you, let yourself go so far. If I can use this biblical principle, that's why in the Bible days, as we call it, because we're still actually living in the Bible days, it's called the book of Acts. Because we're supposed to act out what God placed in us to do. Y'all still with me? They had to perform by faith, work by faith, recognizing what God had deposited in them to do. Mary did not recognize Jesus at first because her grief had blinded her and because she did not expect to see Jesus. That is a theme that has come up in, I think, every message that God has given us for the last few weeks. I didn't do it by design. God put it in my spirit. And so I believe that God is saying to us, expect more. Expect deliverance. Expect to see me. Expect healing. Expect my word to prevail in your life. You've got to expect because when you expect, it means that I'm looking for I don't know when, I don't know where, but every time I step out, I'm expecting, I'm looking to see Jesus make a way out of no way, change some things in my life, improve me, help me to improve, help me to walk by faith in a greater level. Why do you want to walk by faith in a greater level? Because greater things to be accomplished requires a greater level of faith. Do you all not recognize that Peter walked on water and in all of that walking on water, he was operating in little faith? That was little faith? Imagine what great faith. Somebody said, oh, he's just talking. No, 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 no. Jesus says to Peter when he sunk down, remember he had already walked on water. Jesus says, oh, thou of little faith. Can you imagine what God will do with you if you really exhibit, if you really walk in great faith, look at somebody and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. 
hadn't seen nothing yet. Her grief blinded her. Her grief weakened her. That's what I was going to say. Because in the Old Testament, my God, that's why they limited to 30 days of mourning. 30 days, not 60, not 45, not a year. 30 days, that's enough. Now get on over it and move forward. I know that's hard. But there's a time limit for everything. Ecclesiastes 3, you know, for everything, for everything, there's a season, there's a time. And you've got to realize when it's necessary for you to get over it. Now, can I tell y'all something? That's going to bless you. Can I tell y'all something? It's easy to say, but it's harder to do. Because we know the truth. But when, 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 when the test is in the doing, yes. But you were never promised that it would be easy. But you were promised that God would be there right with you. Lord, I'm with you always, even until the end. I'll help you. I'll make a way out of no way. I'll show you the way. I'll show you which door to go through. Do you go through door number one, door number two, door number three? And God said, don't go through any of those doors. Go over there. Look over there. You see that door? No, Lord, I don't see no door. Where? There's the door. He'll create a door. Create a way that you didn't even expect. I come to help somebody to understand that you might be encouraged. God is the way. Hallelujah. He's the truth. My God, my God. And he will bring you through what you're going through. And so, in all this grief, verse 15 says, she supposed that he was the gardener. What kind of mess is this? You Tell me you're going to attribute, uh, attribute the, the, the strength and the power and the anointing of Christ to a gardener? You know she was heavy laden with grief. Did you fall and bump your head? And you see, I know we don't want to talk like this, but that's the problem today. It's a big problem today. Too many people have the same problem today. Not that they think Jesus is the gardener, but that they think the gardener is Jesus. <laughs> I see him, oh, he, she is just the cat's be out. No, he ain't. He's the devil incarnate. You better recognize, oh, this is the best thing since sli sliced cheese or bread. Well, you slice them both, and they're both good. But in reality, it's not all of that. So you've got to see Jesus as he is. Jesus is not the gardener. In fact, the gardener represents worldly and fleshly thinking or thoughts. That's what we see here. You think Jesus is the gardener? But it's even worse when you think the gardener is Jesus. Man, I, I just knew he was the solution. Man, I just knew more money was the solution to my problem. It represents godly thought. Christ cannot be replaced by anything in order for you to fulfill your purpose. <sighs> Romans 8, even when you look at Romans 8, 5 through 8, it really deals with the fact 
that these are carnal things, fleshly things. Gardener, it deals with the earth, the dirt, which represents the flesh. It says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. She was thinking fleshly. She was thinking, no, Jesus, what are you talking about? Jesus is lying. If you die, you're dead. But she forgot what Christ said. Remember the three things that I taught you. If God said it, he will bring it to pass. Even when it looks like it's impossible, you've got to believe God regardless. Verse 6 of that says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay, I see what they're doing, but what is God saying? Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Literally, it says the carnal or the fleshly mind is an enemy to God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You've got to recognize Christ when he stands before you. And I'm not just talking about the flesh. When there's a divine truth, when there's a divine reality. There's some people that choose to be blind because they want what they want. You see what you want to see. Or you don't see what you don't want to see, even though it's right there before your eyes. Mm. Is this making sense to anyone? And so Mary treated Christ according to her expectations. And I come to tell God's people today, you've got to raise your level of expectations in God because what you expect, you, 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 you conform to a way that would bring you into the appreciation of that. If you expect, if you expect to get a job as a bank president, you don't go there with your pants down to your ankles. Yes, I'm exaggerating. Selah, this is a Selah moment. You don't dress <laughs> like you're a hoodlum. I know they don't use that word. Crook, bad guy. Bad boys, bad boys. So you dress, act, speak, According to your expectation. Women, that's why it ought to be a dead giveaway for you to recognize that. I want to say bum so bad. That bum, when it comes to you with a line, you know that is not what you really want, nor is it what you expect, or is it? Because you will guard your heart according to your expectations of what is to be, of what you want. You know, I, I think I'm preaching to somebody. I, I think I'm preaching. Same thing about you, men. You get what you expect because you refuse to receive truth when you see what you think you want, which is what you expect. Ah. Uh. John 20 and 16 here describes her process of recovery when she comes into truth. Jesus said unto her, Mary, 
she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. In other words, she finally got it. She finally recognized him. What happened? What, were, what was the epiphany when she turned? I come to tell somebody this morning, you've got to turn from the way you've been acting. You've got to turn from that wayward attitude. You've got to turn from your crazy behavior because crazy does what crazy is and therefore crazy gets what crazy wants, which is more craziness. Because crazy craves craziness. I don't have a real long time. I need y'all to get this real quick. It's going to bless you through the week. I can't get an amen in a house. You've got to turn yourself. Look at somebody. Come on. Look at them. Tell them it's time for you to turn yourself. The way you think, the way you act, the way you perceive, you can change your perception when you see truth. If you can recognize truth. <sighs> That's why. Could that, could that be God spoke to the prophet in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 saying, if my people, which are called by my name. I admit that you're mine, but there's something you got to do. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith. All of that is no good unless you do this other thing. And turn from your wicked ways. He says, then will I hear from heaven and will I forgive your sins and I will heal your land. But you got to recognize me so that you can turn some things around. Come to let somebody know that you got to turn. You expecting everybody else to change? How about allowing the change to begin with you? And can I tell you something? I, I, can't, I can't go without saying this. Can I say something? If, if everybody is always doing you wrong, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, could it be that you are the wrong? You ever met, you ever met those people who said, nobody loves me, nobody cares for me, nobody treats me right. Could it be? Could it be that you don't recognize the ill in you? And that the answer is to turn so that you can see truth. Ah, I'm going to close on this note. I'm going to close on this note. And so after Mary gets it straight, recognizing who Jesus is, not who he was, who he is, because Jesus is always a constant. Lord, I'm God. I change not. You got to change, but I ain't changing. Because I'm God. It starts here. So we must be in conformity with who God is. We must be in conformity of who we recognize Christ to be. So Mary is set. Mary got it. All right. Mary, go tell my brothers. I'll see them in a little while. I'll be there. And the Bible says later that evening, he shows up at the house. The disciples are there huddling for fear. The Bible says it plainly. See, fear will hinder your recognition of Christ. That's why you can't afford to allow yourself to walk in fear. Look at somebody say, turn it, turn it. You've got to turn it. 
The disciples also, here's the thing, we keep talking about expectation. The disciples were not expecting to see Jesus even though Jesus told them, I'll be back. He told them, I'm going to show up. And so Jesus knew their hearts. He knew. See, God is so loving that he will adjust his manner of introduction to us based on what we're going through, but he will introduce himself. If Jesus would have knocked on the door, they all might have had a heart attack. So Jesus doesn't bother with knocking on the door. Bible says he just shows up inside. There's no indication that he came through the window, through the door. He certainly didn't come down the chimney. He just shows up. When you're in fear and you're going through chaos and craziness, God doesn't seek your permission to show up. He just shows up. Uninvited, he just shows up. Unsolicited, he just shows up. There are times that we're so fearful and afraid and concerned that we forget to pray. And so I thank God that he's God and knows our hearts. He doesn't need your permission to show up in your life. He doesn't need your permission to bless you. He doesn't need your permission to rescue you. He doesn't need your permission. That's how God he is. He finds them. Hiding. Here's the key. They weren't just hiding. They were hiding from responsibility. They were hiding, denying the opportunity for the anointing of God to flow in their lives. This is what happens when you fail to recognize Christ is with you. They were denying the designated recipients, the blessings that God had in store for them when they, or you, when they had the power to change their situations, those which were to come. Watch this. Who was it that was in desperate need of a breakthrough, of a financial blessing, of an answer or solution to a lingering problem that you had in your power to give, but because you were hiding behind closed doors? You failed to reveal to them what God had deposited in you for them. Whenever you give out what God has placed in you for someone else, God never leaves that place void. He will fill it with something greater even for you. <sighs> Scripture says in Proverbs 3:27, it says, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. God has anointed you. He has equipped you. You say, well, Lord, I, I, I don't know enough. I, I, I didn't graduate from college. I, I, I don't have a PhD. Well, then use that kindergarten experience to win them to God. <laughs> because whatever God has placed in you for them will deliver them, will help them. And you are the messenger. And when, again, I'm going to say this again, when you empty yourself of what God allowed you to be pregnant with to deliver to them, God is going to fill you again. God is going to bless you again. 
Hallelujah. How about this? This time you're pregnant with that blessing, but the next time he's got twins for you. He'll give you double for your trouble. Come on, Elisha. He'll give you double for your trouble. God has a double portion that's waiting on you. And I see the time has ticked away. And so I just want to say, oftentimes we feel that we don't have the goods and we want to give up. I come to tell somebody today, don't give up. Come on, begin to spread that word among you. Look at, look at several people. Don't give up. Don't give up. If you're home, get to a mirror real quick and say, don't give up. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Our surest way to fail is to give up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. Come on, stand to your feet. We're closing. Stand to your feet. We're closing. Don't give up. I don't know what you're standing on the periphery of, what you're facing, what you're dealing with right now. But trust God. Try it again. Do it again. At least one more time. And I've come to tell you that God will deliver. God will make whole. God will help. Can you imagine? Watch this. Because somebody said, what you talking about? That don't even make sense. All I got to do is call Jesus and he'll come right away. He does, but he doesn't always do what you expect him to do right there for you. Bible says as Daniel prayed on the first day, God heard his voice and dispatched the angels. The answer was, the answer was given the first day, but it didn't reach him. See, sometimes you got to stay in the fight until the answer reaches you. The verdict is in, you win, but you got to keep on waiting. Can you imagine Jesus was dealing, this is Jesus, Jesus was dealing with a young boy that was possessed by a devil. And the Bible says that Jesus commanded that devil to come out of him. But the Bible says that for a few more times, that young boy tossed around, even into the fire, tossed around and all that. But the Bible says eventually, eventually, that demon came out. Saints of God, keep on till you see what you are expecting. It's not time to quit. It's not time to stop until you see what you're expecting. I'm looking for a miracle. I expect the impossible. Hallelujah. I feel the intangible. I see the invisible. You've got to see it with your spiritual eyes. If you can see it, it means it's close. Father, even now, your people have heard this, your word. Lord God, there's so many variations of what you're doing in the lives of your people. Some have already quit. They, they said, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. But Lord, I thank you because it's not too late. Because today in the day is the day that they've heard your voice. And we recognize you as the truth. We recognize you are the healer, the deliverer. You are the way. And we act on it now by faith with a greater expectation. 
And dear God, we bless your name, for we receive by faith even that which you have designated for us. Help us to hide no more. Help us to be blinded no more. I see you, Lord. I see you, Lord, in the structure. I see you, Lord, in the plan. I see you, Lord. You're in the process with me. Now take us through that we shall receive that which you promised. Father God, even now, as your people are yet standing, I pray healing and wholeness, wellness and deliverance in the hearts and the minds, in the concerns of every person under the sound of my voice, for those that would hear it this day and those that would hear it in days to come. Let the power of your word not fail, but let it accomplish all that it was sent to do. Father, your Holy Spirit anointing, accompany your people now that they would achieve the level of success that you have designated for them. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.